If I were to describe a riot that happened in the balmy summer months of the late 60s that involved trans women fighting the cops, you might guess Stonewall. And your guess would be wrong. Welcome to Inquiring Buys, the podcast for the curious queer. I am Sarah, and today we are going to talk about Compton's Cafeteria Riots, one of the most interesting and perhaps least known aspects of modern queer history. So Compton's Cafeteria Riots happened in San Francisco, and they happened in August of 1966. Now, those of you keeping score at home might notice that that is quite a few years earlier than Stonewall. And so you might be asking yourself, Sarah, what the hell do you mean it was a big turning point in queer history? I've never heard of it before, which is a different discussion. But Compton's Cafeteria Riots were one of the first events in queer history that it was direct action that led to lasting social change. And I feel like I'm quoting Vicki Eakler there who wrote an amazing book called Queer America. It's pretty easy and accessible. If you're bored during quarantine, give it a read. So Compton's Cafeteria was located in San Francisco's Tenderloin District. Now, if you don't know anything about the Tenderloin District, as I did not when I first learned about Compton's, it was basically where you went if you did vice, like vice crime. Like I'm not judging it, but like if the cops were going to arrest you for something labeled vice, it would be in the Tenderloin. So basically, that's where a lot of sex workers lived, um, sort of the fringes of society. Um, And so because that's where a lot of sex workers lived, and there was a lot of like residential hotels there, not necessarily apartments, that is where a lot of trans women found themselves. And this wasn't, it wasn't like a cosmic coming together. It was, it was deliberate. So if the cops pulled you over for a crime that you would be arrested for if you were trans. So if you were using the wrong bathroom or if you were wearing the wrong clothes or if they arrested you for um, prostitution. After they were done extorting you, they would say, hey, you need to be in the Tenderloin. That's where your people live. And that's actually pretty common, apparently. So if you look up Tenderloin districts, like cities have them and that's where like the vice district is. And also the cops would kind of go around and like extract their bribes. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. Like the cops are forcing people into this area, but they're also kind of running it. Compton's Cafeteria was a 24 hour dining establishment and it was a known hangout for, for queer people, for the women who worked the streets, for the street kids. So this was not unusual. And the cops have been called to Compton's many times to the chagrin of the patrons, obviously. And, and it was a lot like, you know, we hear about the raids at Stonewall. It was just par for the course. It was a commonplace occurrence. The cops got called. You got arrested. You got humiliated. You may have been forced to perform oral sex on them. You probably got stuck in the male prisoner section. And if you actually went to jail for an extended period of time, you were probably at risk of being raped yourself because you are not a man. So basically, this is old hat to everybody involved. And it probably would have gone off just as normal, except just tonight, that night, it didn't. That night, one of the cops that was called grabbed one of the queens by the arm, and she threw her coffee in his face. Which snaps for her. 
But that was pretty unusual. And it was like, it was a hot summer night. Like, everybody's pissed off. Tired of getting the cops called on you. You throw your coffee in someone's face and then everybody else just loses their shit. And I, I don't, I'm not exaggerating. So the women there started beating the cops with their purses and I believe also their shoes. They broke the plate glass windows at Compton's. They vandalized the cop car. They burned down a newspaper stand. And there were quite a few people involved in this. There were 50 to 60 people involved that were just within Compton's. And that's not including the actual cops or the people on the street who passed, who then also joined in. Uh, the numbers are a little wonky because there's not a lot of good documentation on Compton's. Uh, there's a couple different reasons for that. One of the reasons is that it was a bunch of trans women in, you know, the shitty part of town. The newspapers didn't care. And strangely enough, the police reports from that night went missing. We're going to come back to that in a minute. So we don't know the exact night that the Compton's Cafeteria riots happened. We know that it happened on a weekend and that it was in August and that it was in 66. So there's a documentary on Compton's called Screaming Queens by Susan Stryker. Susan Stryker is an incredible trans historian. I have a huge, huge academia crush on her. Um, and Screaming Queens is an incredible documentary. It's well worth the watch if you can figure out where to watch it. But if I'm recalling correctly, Compton's had their plate glass window broken. They replaced it and then it was broken again the next night, which I, I, I don't know how to express to you that that is <laughs> one of the greatest things I have ever heard. Like, what a dumbass thing to do. Also, that's a lot of money. Ugh, breaking two plate glass windows. Anyway, I'm gonna stop fangirling for a minute. So like I said, this was a big turning point as far as queer, queer rights and queer history. And it's really unfortunate that we don't know more about it. Because after Compton's, you can see Compton's as the turning point in San Francisco for a lot of their more progressive LGBT policies, particularly their policies towards trans people. And if you were to ask somebody like, what's the most gay friendly city in the US? I feel like a lot of us would answer San Francisco. It has this reputation. It's like a legend almost of being like a queer Mecca. Like you go there and you are accepted. But it wasn't always like this. And Compton's was really the turning point for why San Francisco became that way as a city. So after Compton's, um, several institutions were created, including the Central City Anti-Poverty Office. Um, and there, there are a lot of other institutions that they worked with that specifically were aimed and geared at making, making life for trans people easier in San Francisco. There were organizations that would help you get the medication that you needed or the mental help that you needed that would have support groups. And one of the really interesting figures in all of this was a man named Elliot Blackstone. Elliot Blackstone was a cop and normally we're all like, fuck the police. But Elliot Blackstone is like, 